0: KRCL, Salt Lake City. Welcome to Radioactive. It's a show for grassroots activists and community builders weeknights at 6 here on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones, executive producer, and happy Earth Day. So to mark this day for Mother Earth, we have an Earth Day special. Coming up, community co-host Nick Burns, who sat down to talk with a composer and professor of music at the University of Utah. Elizabeth Curbelo and Hase Borup, also a professor of music and a violinist. Both of them are the co-directors of today's celebration, happening all day as we speak in a series of five events called Artivism for Earth. It's a virtual online format of discussions and performances with a diversity of cultures that includes music, dance, poetry, discussions, and a whole lot more. We're going to be highlighting some of the events, pulling them down throughout the day as they've been happening. During the last half of the show, we'll bring you some other folks getting into good trouble for our environment. And we're a bit of a hybrid tonight, pre-recorded and a bit live. Scott Fletcher will be in the studio from the Active Consumer. They're rolling out a new mobile app today called Econus that allows you to round up for the environment. And we'll be talking to some kids. Fridays for Future Utah held their own rally for Earth Day at the Capitol, and we'll be checking in with them to see what their demands are on this Earth Day. Jen Lopez from Clever Octopus will be back with three quick picks for Earth Day. And I'm thinking I can squeeze in some poetry from Catherine Coles. But first... Folks still have an opportunity to join Artivism for Earth's finale of performances at seven with their collaborative event they're calling Artivism for Earth, Expressions of Loss and Hope. As tonight's guests sat down with Nick Burns in this clip along with a collection of sights and sounds describing the event's creation, we offer you the following. I am delighted to welcome you to Artivism for Earth. I am so proud of the progress we have made at the University of Utah over the past decade in becoming more aware of our environmental impact.
1: The Earth's climate is changing and the impacts are all around us.
2: Can we slow the effects of climate change? Can we adapt to create a more resilient planet for humans and nature? Can we protect communities that are disadvantaged and most at risk? What kind of future do we want to leave for the next generation? These questions stir powerful emotions. How can we emotionally process the scale of the changes that affect us all?
1: As we collectively confront climate change, the arts and humanities can shine new light on this critical conversation by presenting the issues from unique and novel perspectives.
3: We invite you to join us on Earth Day, April twenty second, two 2021 when the project will premiere with online events, primarily set right here at the Natural History Museum of Utah.
1: Through this project, we hope to enhance understanding, inspire caring, and catalyze action.
3: This is Radioactive on your community station, KRCL FM 90.9. This is Nick Burns. Going on today and going on tonight is Artivism for Earth, and we have the two co-directors with us today. And I guess we should start by talking about what exactly folks can get and do at seven o'clock. So, welcome to the show, the co-directors of Artivism for Earth, Elizabeth Corbello and Hase Borat. So, thank you to you both for taking time.
1: Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, pleasure
2: our to here. pleasure. Thank you. So, Hase, I
3: guess I'd throw to you, what is it at 7 o'clock that people can go enjoy?
2: So, at 7 o'clock, people can uh, go to the uh, artivismforearth.utah.edu website, um, and they can see the premiere streaming of uh, a program where we call uh, Expressions of Loss and Hope. And that program is really the culmination of uh, the project that we've done all day, Sort of building up to this this evening program, and it's a series of performances based on collaborations between science and art. Uh, so we have, uh, if you go to the website, you'll see all the different sub collaborations from around both here from the University of Utah, but also from Harvard, from Stanford, UC Berkeley, other places around the country, um, and it 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 tries to look at really the the title expressions of loss and hope is really an attempt to give people a tool to an outlet to deal with the very, very difficult emotions that we experience when it comes to a a problem as massive as climate change, where we can feel completely helpless in this uh, sort of maelstrom of information. So the attempt is to kind of start a dialogue about what uh, what's going on uh, in 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 processing all this this very difficult information
1: when we are talking about climate change we have all these complex concepts um, that are scientific and and they are difficult to to understand or explain and what happens what art can do is um, it can tackle people's emotions and it can help. People understand and feel, uh, feel a different way about the science and, and want to know more, understand it better. And it can, it's not, uh, I, I don't feel that art will re, is really going to offer uh, a solution, but it can inspire people to want to move and act and find solutions. For, for this performance event, we we like calling it performance event because it's not only music performance. We have also dance. We have uh, film. We also have uh, poetry. So um, it's a um, it's a form of expressions. That's why we're calling it expressions of loss and hope, because these are different expressions that are being performed by people. Um, when we see um, the, the instruments playing and this kind of music, maybe people are more familiar when we talk about art music, they are more familiar to, to, to classical music um, that, that sounds different. But I want, to, I want to explain that the music that people will hear in this event is music that is being composed now for composers that are all live creating music now for the present and thinking about our future. And it is a style of music that is new music that welcomes, uh, is not Eurocentric. It welcomes all kinds of cultures. It welcomes Native American voices. It it welcomes everything. So that's why um, we, we think this is really important
2: artivism4earth.utah.edu uh, uh, is where to go. And uh, if I need to spell it, I can't do that. A-R-T-I-V-I-S-M and the number four and E-A-R-T-H. Dot .utah.edu. Dot and you can find every all the information you need there. It's very clearly outlined what's happening uh, at a certain and a given time. And that's where everything will be streamed from.
0: And that is Hase Borup and Elizabeth Corbello in conversation with our own Nick Burns about artivism for Earth going on throughout the day online and we're pulling things from it and uh, sharing clips and sound collages with you. Check tonight's show notes. You can get a link for where all that stuff lives online. You can go and check it out yourself at your own leisure. I'm Laura Jones and you're listening to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. And continuing our Earth Day special, we are now checking in live via the magic of Zoom. With Fridays for Future Utah and Melanie Van Hook, who is 13 years old, a climate activist. They were up at the Capitol. Well, they're up there every Friday uh, protesting in favor of the earth. And from two to five had an Earth Day rally. So, Melanie, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining us. We want to hear what you and your peers, you're in eighth grade, correct? Yep. So what are you and your peers asking on this Earth Day?
4: Well, we wanted to celebrate what we had, but we also wanted to make sure everybody knew that every day is Earth Day, and we need to make sure to focus on our planet and making sure it's healthy and celebrating it every day.
0: So how was it today up there? A little brisk, but I'm guessing a beautiful day.
4: It was very pretty, but it was quite windy.
0: So tell us some of the demands that you and your peers continue to make of, of politicians, policy makers and just the grown ups in general in your life?
4: Yeah. So we want politicians to stop making promises that they're not going to keep. Many politicians promise that they're going to take climate action, but then don't actually do it. And that's so bad because
0: they need to follow through on their promises. So what are some of those promises and, that you want us to follow through on?
4: Um. So the luckily, uh, President Biden went and signed the Paris Climate Agreement, so he followed through on that. But in his uh, campaign, he made so many promises about the climate that he needs to follow through on, and they're just uh, ending divestment, like divesting um, outs of fossil fuels, and they're And many states have promised to start divesting, but they haven't.
0: So where can folks catch up with Fridays for Future, the Utah chapter, which you represent, Melanie, and join you in future actions or get educated?
4: Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at fridaysforfuture.ut and our website's on there. We are also, um, my friend Natalie and I are at the Capitol every Friday from 10 to two. So we'd love to see you there. Um, whether you can come for the whole time or just for like a half hour, we'd love to see people there. And whenever we're planning a new event, if you follow us, us on Instagram, you'll see what's going on.
0: Melanie Van Hook from Fridays for Future Utah. Happy Earth Day. You too. All right. And now we're bringing into the conversation live in the studio. We have with us Scott Fletcher, and you may have met him a time or two down at the stateroom. He left a while ago to start a new venture called The Active Consumer. Remind folks what that was about and why this is your passion.
5: Yeah. So I left The Active... Or I left The Stateroom... Uh, what was it? Almost almost two years ago now. It's wow. Insane. Has it been that long? Yeah, it was August of 2019. Wow. Um, anyways, I left with the question. And the question was, what is it that makes consumption unsustainable? Mm-hmm. So... Um, left the stateroom, went up to a cabin for a couple weeks with books, papers, pencils, everything, just meditated on the issue, and then I came back and uh, started a project, and I realized that wasn't the issue. So then I dove in deeper and I found this this economics theory called the theory of externalities.
0: Okay. So, summarize that for us radio folk. <laughs>
5: let's summarize it. All right. So, the, so externalities are <clears throat> the unintended consequences um, of an external cost that... It's an external cost that somebody else pays for, not a producer.
0: Ah, okay. So the unfunded mandates of of uh, corporate America, so to
5: speak. Exactly. How do we tackle that, right? Yeah. So like like Melanie just said, how do we hold our leaders accountable? Yeah.
0: All the waste that we generate, all the recyclables we generate, where do they actually go? That externality of what we then as a society do. So you've been meditating on that. You launched a website, which is?
5: Yes, it's theactiveconsumer.com.
0: And today on Earth Day, you're... About a week away from launching a mobile app where the user, the consumer, the conscious consumer, the active consumer, so that the active consumer is Mm -hmm. a
5: conscious consumer, somebody that chooses where to spend their money, Mm. but actively engaging in the economics of their consumption.
0: I think that's what Earth Day is a time for to think about that. Your choices with your dollars, you know, we always talk about uh, spending a dollar locally recirculates three to four times in the community. And so now we're saying, okay, now with the things that you buy, what else can you do? And I've seen a lot of roundup campaigns at restaurants and things like that. Do you want to round up today for the food bank or what have you? So this is an app that allows you to round up and designate what causes that you would like to support.
5: Yeah. So so here's a, here's a quick, let's imagine a plastic bottle, right? <clears throat> so in that plastic bottle, you have included costs, which are, things like the plastic bottle, the water, the uh, the sugar. Um, in addition, there's hidden costs. Those would be, be things like if you drink soda every day, you might get diabetes or something, you have to go to the doctor. Uh-huh. It's a cost that you might have to pay for in the future. Uh, and an external cost is something that somebody else will pay for that has nothing to do with what you purchase. So in this plastic water bottle, who's the person cleaning the plastic from the oceans? Who's the who Are the people, or, or even you know, can get anything like uh rising health care premiums from um an increasingly unhealthy population, right? Okay, so, these- yeah,
0: everyone's po- you know raising that's the the tide and the boat you don't want to live that external cost. So, exactly. then with this app, I can choose what. Um, so
5: you choose the causes you care about. So, let's say if this plastic bottle, let's say you care most about plastic pollution. So in the app, what you do is you choose the things you care about. Let's say plastic, let's say air, um, can be anything. It can be public and society, whatever it's going to be. And then you correlate the things that you buy with those causes. So let's say you choose air pollution and you correlate that with, um, uh, gas, right? So now every time you go to buy a tank of gas, your spare change is going to be rounded up and sent to an organization that is combating the negative unintended effects of that purchase. So maybe it goes to Coalition for Clean Air. Or maybe it goes to uh, Mother's Clean Air Force. Right. So it's going with purpose. So it's giving purpose to change and change to purpose. Whereas like you're rounding up at the store, you're giving 20 cents to uh, who knows. But this. To what that store chooses. To what that store chooses. This is your what we're calling a persona and it's what you care about and it's when you buy these things your spare change is going to automatically donate to all these companies all these organizations and so in essence what it's meant to do is you know kind of watchdog um, back to holding our leaders accountable you know maybe your spare change goes to let's back to the plastic example there's a breakaway from plastic bill being introduced and there's a bunch of members so maybe your Spare change goes to one of these members who is fighting to get this bill passed where in government, you know, they're probably there's something going on where they, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of of the back alley way in to be like, yeah, we're going to we're going to fight this with our change.
0: So your preference persona, you can choose causes, you can choose people. There's avenues to round up Mm -hmm. and all for being an active consumer. So what's the website where people can learn more?
5: So it's theactiveconsumer.com. And, uh, so what I'm kind of announcing today is that <clears throat> next week we're going to, uh, launch the beta, which is a full beta so everybody can get in, but it's, but it's a private invite. So if you go to the activeconsumercom Econus, which is the app. You can sign up for the beta and we will get you on there next week. And then we're hoping to launch in about three weeks.
0: Scott Fletcher, the active consumer, looking forward to see what happens. One other item you wanted to mention?
5: I had to mention this one other thing because of my stateroom connection i also built it um to be a crowdfunding platform of spare change with the stateroom and uh bands in mind so a local artist let's say michelle moonshine yeah she goes and creates a campaign she needs to get to denver so what happens is she creates a campaign she puts it on the bottom of the her ticket you can scan the cam or the yeah the qr code and follow this campaign now everything that you buy uh, throughout the day, your cab to the show, your your merch, your drinks, everything, all your spare change gets collected, goes to her. So, you know, 300 people that stay at your home, all your spare change gets collected, goes to her, and that's her gas money to Denver.
0: So you're supporting local music. Always. Scott Fletcher, thank you so much for coming in. And folks, we'll put a link in the show notes for you to check it out. Wrapping up this segment, uh, we're going to include some poetry. It's National Poetry Month, and I spoke with Utah Poet, former Utah Poet Laureate, Cat Coles about the intersection of poetry and the environment. Here's that conversation. Here's Cat Coles.
6: Since it is not only Poetry Month but also Earth Day Month, can we have an Earth Day Month? Yes. Um, and the conjunction of these two events means that every poet in the country is running around madly, um, boomeranging between uh, nature and poetry, and sometimes collapsing the two of those together. So maybe I'll start off with the, with a nature poem.
0: Let's do it. What's this one called?
6: It is called You Won't Find Consolation. You Won't Find Consolation or the deer nearly colorblind see blue better than we do. More blue than we know. A blue I am not consoled lives beyond me. Imagine their sky saturated. How do they bear it? And the alpine lake where they drink in summer. Glacier-fed, reflecting back, it all back, plus. Consider the glacier, blue at heart, deep frozen for millennia, blue its core and vanishing in your lifetime. A rush, a trickle, this is how it goes. Around the lake, boulders harden themselves, green firs, and there a perfect center the lake's clear,
0: unreadable eye. That was beautiful. Thank you. It made me think of a little animation I saw, I think probably the New York Times, Washington Post, and it was of a glacier and kind of this time-lapse of it disappearing. So you could actually visually experience that. But then you go to the poetic And it's just a gut punch with what's going on. And so it's an interesting time to have a poetry festival, given our current um, climate change challenges, but also Earth Day this month. And you just bring it all together. Thank you, Catherine.
6: Yeah, you're very welcome. So one of the things that I would say about um, receding ice is, you know that I was in Antarctica about 10 years ago. And uh, I was at Palmer Station And um, there was a place on the other side of the island from the station. You could hike across the glacier and get to it. And the year I was there, which was the astral summer, which is our winter, um, was the first time in human knowledge that the ice had ever melted enough that the ground was visible at this one place on the island. It's, you know, so everything is related, and, and, you know, speaking of environmental poetry or nature poetry, I just got, I'm involved in this Artivism for Earth event that we'll talk about in a minute, but partly as a result of that, I, just, I got an invitation, which I'm going to accept if you're listening um, from a graduate student in, in music who wants me to be on his PhD committee, and he said it's because he wants someone who is um, involved in activism and an environmental poet and. The the thing that I'm going to have to say is I don't actually think of myself as an environmental poet. Um, I, I'm happy for other people to call me that, but I just write about perception and the world that I see. And I happen to be writing in a context in which the world that I see apparently is this world of loss.
0: Well, the Sustainability Office at the University of Utah and others are getting together for Artivism for Earth on Earth Day Thursday. What's going to be happening there and give us a taste?
6: Um, Just a ton of stuff. There will be panels where, um, so the great thing about this project, which was initiated, it's the brainchild of Bora, who is a composer at the University of Utah. And he brought together a whole bunch of artists, a lot of composers, musicians, poets, um, sculptors and visual artists, not only from the U, but from around the country, and also scientists, physicians people who study air quality, right? So this group of people all coming together um, to think about if we could put something together that would move people, what might that look like? Um, And the event I'm gonna say that I'm the most excited about is the one o'clock event, which is featuring collaborations by student artists, composers, poets, Um, and a couple of my students, several of my students are involved in this really brilliant poets. And I think that the young composers and artists are also terrific. And I can't wait to see what they have come up with.
0: Yeah, it's a next-gen artivism. You can witness students' multimedia and multi-sensory project arranged under the elements of water, earth, fire, and air. I'm guessing that makes Makes your heart uh, a little fuzzy right there.
6: It gives me the pitter (laughs) patters
0: I got to get one more from you. And I know we're going to have you back to talk about your book that's coming out, The Stranger I Become, on walking, looking, and writing. And as you were saying earlier, you really write about your perceptions of the world and the intersections really come together in your poetry. Yeah,
6: I think that's right, and uh, I think we could go with. Uh, do we have time for two really short little nature poems? Are you kidding um, me? You're
0: going to let me have two? Absolutely.
6: I can have two. Let me make sure that I do have two keyed up, as I believe I do from this morning. Yeah, but you know, I was a little groggy when I was putting this together. So, um, my one of my favorite creatures is um, the bee or I should say the bees, because there are a lot of different kinds of bees. And so I'm gonna read you two bee poems. Uh, and the first one is about a bee that most people have probably never n- noticed, which is a desert burrowing bee. And this is called <laughs> She doesn't want to harm me, so she hums. She prefers living alone, needing a single twig, just one hole, Like me, she likes browsing the desert where a breeze wafts her dry, where she dozes on sand and ephemerals astonished by the thousands, brilliant and willing when the brief rains wake them. Out here, a female can do it all on her own time and will and goes on choosing sounding herself, entire, one bare horizon to another.
0: Oh, wow. That was fantastic. And I, um, the bees, this bee is my new feminist hero. Uh, This bee. Well, and I was going to say,
6: speaking of politics, right, and all of the the places that a poem will lead you. So um, it took a while before I um accepted the label feminist poet and then I finally thought, well I'm a feminist and I'm a poet. And how are those things, how is this be not going to become someone who can do it all on her own uh, and on all, all on her own time, right? As we as we go. And this second poem, which is just called bee, these very simple title titles is actually spoken in the first person by the bee, not by the lover of the bee. bee. All summer I buzz, I depart and return. My body knows where dandelions release their nectar and later marjoram. Who are you to tell me what memory is? What's to come? I carry desire in my legs, pockets aglow. I dwell not upon the future, but in it. All my going and coming prepares the world to slow. Soon, the ceiling of the hive. Then settling, my body will rev its furnace. Then
0: winter. As we're coming out of winter into hopefully a renewed sense of hope in the coming spring and summer, I'm curious with bees as, as the subject of these two poems, do you plant a garden? Do you invite bees into your balcony or your backyard? So we plant
6: a wilderness. Um, we live right on the edge of City Creek Canyon and we let the native plants come all the way up below the house. We're kind of at the top of the ridge. And then where from the house up to the street, we take a little bit more control, but we actually plant four bees, four birds, four hummingbirds um whatever uh my my partner chris went really big into rhododendrons for a while which is a little bit crazy in utah and it turns out that the deer love them so we have the rhododendrons for the deer um we have moose who regularly strip the bark from our aspen trees we have a doe who has her fawns uh in the little gully next to the carport complex. So we have this hole, and uh, Chris is about to um, put out the mason bee houses that we keep for the native pollinators, uh, which are not the honeybees, but those other kinds.
0: Well, where can folks catch up with you and your forthcoming book, The Stranger I Become? So The Stranger
6: I Become, the official publication date is June 10th. But you can actually pre-order that book from the King's English if you just hop online. Uh, They've got it on your website. You can hit pre-order, and they will let you know when they have copies in stock. And the King's English is doing the launch, of course, on Zoom, like everything, on June the 3rd at 6 p.m. And my favorite thing about this is I'm actually going to be reading with the Catherine Coles for whom I am, the other Catherine Coles, who was my student when she was both an undergraduate and a graduate student here at the University of Utah. She had a book come out a year ago and had to cancel her whole tour. So when I was setting the reading for this one, I thought, you know, we should make this a bookend reading where we'd launch Catherine's book and mine at the same time.
0: Well, that is fantastic. And so good to see you again and to hear that you are doing well and that Artivism for Earth is something you're involved in this coming Thursday for Earth Day. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. It's always great to see you. Kat Cole's a conversation I recorded last week with her in preparation for Earth Day. More to come on the Earth Day special of Radioactive on KRCL. Support for KRCL comes from the Ute Land Trust, whose mission is to help heal people,
6: community, and the world around us. More information at
0: utelandtrust.org. Support for KRCL comes from the Joan Trump Hour Mulholland Foundation, creators of the Civil Rights Veterans Relief Fund, to help veterans of the movement with food, medical housing, and utility bills. Details online at jtmfoundation.org.
7: Hi, this is Jen Lopez with Clever Octopus Creative Reuse Center. Did you know that about 27 million scrap tires are estimated to be disposed of in landfills? Here are three creative ways to reuse your tires. Pick number one, use them
0: as planters or retaining walls. Pick number two, upcycle old tires, turn car tires into tables and fat bike tires into mirror frames. Pick number three, the super classic idea, hang it from a tree and have a great summer swing. I'm Jen Lopez with Clever Octopus Creative Reuse Center. And this has been three quick picks in celebration of Earth Day. Find more ideas at cleveroctopus.org. Now, what are you going to do to help Mother Earth? And that is the question of the hour. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Democracy Now!, followed by Thursday Night Psych with DJ Mike at 8, Dirty Boulevard with Gianni at 1030, I Don't Sound Like Nobody with Rich at 1, Illustrated Blues with Jolene at 3, Your Brand New Day starts at 6 a.m. with John Florence. Tonight on Radioactive, it's our Earth Day special featuring clips and sound collages from Artivism for Earth, a day of multiple online events primarily set at the Natural History Museum of Utah, on the University of Utah campus today. We're pulling down uh, sound clips and collages throughout the day and sharing them with you. You can check tonight's show notes for links to these now archived events, although their closing production starts at 7 p.m. Now we return to our clips and collages from earlier in the day with some narration and context from Radioactive Community co-host Nick Burns and his guests, Artivism for Earth organizers, Hase Borup and Elizabeth Corbello.
2: Primarily, like like the first point of the of the day was this video mosaic and that was really, it's something we, 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 we tried to develop early on when we envisioned this day, maybe, you know, a good nine, ten months ago, actually. Um, but we had a call out for people to contribute their own observations through short videos, you know, five, six-minute long videos that they've sent to us. So we, um, so we have this mosaic that's, that was made available at noon earlier today. And it's really an incredible testament to like, there's so many completely different views and completely different takes on this all the way from, you know, uh, just like basic, like recycling to environmental racism, to uh, water quality. And, and this is something we have absolutely no editorial, uh, obviously involvement, and in. this is submitted videos. Um, and, And I think that is really why you can see that multi sort of expression from everybody that we may have touched with this for the last uh, many months.
4: Nothing can stop us, we're cleaning it up. We're cleaning it up. We got the power, the tools and the will to win. So let's begin, nothing can stop us facts are clear got no room for hesitation pick a side this ride needs your participation state of emergency urgency we ain't breathing right government jerking me working me got no foresight i'm steady hearing about the problem being too big stop being weak we talking generation saving kids Force to focus we ain't working with no hocus pocus get creative making greedy fools take notice sick planet deep resuscitation stop dying
7: we're on a hike in mill creek canyon which is in salt lake city Utah. My kids are just hiking and enjoying this beautiful Sunday afternoon. This is exactly how most of our homeschooling days look like. This is exactly how, if you look from the outside, often our math practice looks like. I walk behind them. I ask them questions. They ask me questions. We come up with math games, we count leaves, we multiply, we divide, we learn obviously a lot about nature too. Quite often at home, all they do is ask for movies. And when they're out here, they just go into their own world. Christopher, tell me about what you like about being in nature. Because it's green. It's what?
8: Green.
7: You like green?
8: Yeah, and I didn't tell you that yet.
7: You didn't tell me that? Why didn't you tell me that you like green?
8: Because I do like green.
7: Uh huh. What's nice about green?
8: Because it's the color of trees and nature.
7: Uh-huh. What else is green in nature? Uh, uh, like, uh, trees uh-huh. and grass?
8: Yeah. Yeah? And also twigs that fall off trees.
7: Mm-hmm. And leaves?
8: Mm-hmm.
7: They are green?
8: Mm-hmm.
7: What do we need the leaves for?
8: Um, for giving oxygen.
7: Oxygen. And what do you need the oxygen for?
8: For live.
7: To live? live? To breathe, right? Mm-hmm. Can you live without oxygen? No. Can cats? I would
8: also not live if I didn't have a heart. Save this burning earth
3: We should remind everyone that at the Artivism for Earth website, if you missed the events earlier today, they're still there, right? That
2: that they'll they'll be there in perpetuity. Uh, Yeah, because awesome. Yeah, so it's going to be a resource going forward. We we, as and we actually putting out a call. For everybody who is visiting the website today and, and onward, to to send us suggestions to how to move this process forward, how to move this sort of to to help this movement uh, go forth with with new projects and stuff. So we we're making that open call on the website later tonight as well. Once once the the premieres have concluded
1: yeah, and the call the call for the videos for the video mosaic is still open. So if you go to the website, you see the videos in the video mosaic, and you feel inspired and and want to express yourself. You want to send send us a video. We will post it too, so oh, wow. that's a way uh, that you can still participate. So I mean,
3: this is this is becoming more and more fascinating to me. You, you know, you've created something that's now interactive, right? Anyone who's interested can also become a composer, in effect, or a contributor, or right. a video maker. And to me, that's incredibly empowering.
2: Yeah, and I think I think that's a whole uh, that's a whole idea. Is you know, obviously the the program that's going to premiere at seven. Uh, it is highly produced, like we spend a lot of time recording it, it's done really well, but we want that immediacy of, you know, it's not always going to look hyper-produced or, you know, I have some ideas of, 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 of things to do, uh, you know, that we can do after this Earth Day event that, that again, will get our fingers in the dirt a little bit more. Um, and, you know, I think some of the other events uh uh, like the one o'clock event with the students, which are called Hour of Decision is also really fascinating where a lot of our students on, on campus have come together to create these collaborations across campus as well between various disciplines. Well, it's
1: Air, yeah. water, fire, and earth. So they did four pieces, their interdisciplinary pieces with uh, composers, poets, and visual artists.
7: She wrote to me, in the desert, rocks do some kind of breathing, almost like speech. They resonate internally. She wrote, I keep imagining a silence stretching backward from a moment of spontaneous collapse. This way, a group of wind,
2: Project that uh, has been happening up at Utah State University for quite a while with the Fry Street Quartet. And we invited them to present their um, it's it's essentially a movie of of uh, science-informed music as well. It's a very it's a little bit different take than than what we're presenting at seven. Um, but it 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 it's a, a multifaceted look at Uh, really some of the same issues so it's something that's been going on up there for a while and we we're really grateful that they uh, are sharing their expertise and 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 uh, results with us
3: and you recorded there was a panel this afternoon as well right and that's also recorded and available for folks to have a listen
9: the sound of a string quartet. I found myself thinking 200,000 years ago, we humans just woke up on this island of a planet. 200,000 years ago. And today, we humans have arrived at this. (laughs) Well, Together, this quartet and I would like to tell you a story. It's a story of discovery and wonder, a story of uncertainty and of danger, a story of adventure and inspiration. In short, it's a story about us and about this island planet we inhabit. We don't know where it ends yet. Planet Earth, planet water. Two hydrogen, one oxygen, three atoms arranged just so. And from this structure, the extraordinary flows. There are hydrogen bonds and electron pairs. Surface tension, capillary action. There's a triple point. Absorption bands, quantum states of rotation and vibration endlessly. Could we marvel? Time presses, for now then, just that of water that gives rise to life, and all life needs water. This we know, no accident that planet water is the living planet, because through water, life's climate emerges, and in water, life's chemistry unfolds. In the atmosphere, the water is vapor, a greenhouse mist of molecular snares. They trap Earth's radiance and render it. A greenhouse warms. But at the poles, the water is solid, frozen into vast sheets of reflecting white. They throw back the sun, cooling the planet, a greenhouse tamed. And then in the oceans, the water is liquid. Well, thank goodness there's so much of it. Uh Uh-uh, not so fasts. You see, from water purity to water supply, all is not well with humanity's water. bios, we know, is sustained through diversity. Because from this biodiversity emerges extraordinary resilience. So not just one species of pollinator, for example, keeping food on the table, but multitudes. And not just one sad dish on the menu, but a vast melange. And not just one lonely monotone scavenger picking the bones, but a symphony. In other words, life is not some collection of keystone species without which no one else can survive, but communities of overlapping guilds, reinforcing and serving one another. This we do understand about life on Earth. Number two, Earth's bios we know produces no waste. Waste for one, nutrient for another. The carbon dioxide, I exhale (sighs) taken up by my ficus, (laughs) what the poet Wendell Berry has termed nature's great economy throws nothing away. And think about it, where would that be? There is no away, there is no away. And this too, we understand about life on earth. Number three. And as we stand before this great, complex and adaptive biosystem, who among us identifies the pieces that are not needed?
3: This is Radioactive on your community station KRCL FM ninety point nine. This is Nick Burns. I mean, I want to just pause real quickly, and I think maybe we need to reiterate or remind people that one of the one of the key motivators and one of the things that's happening all day long is putting together art and science. And it seems to me so many people separate those. Right? You can be artistic or you can be scientific, mm. um, and yet what you're doing. Is is to me a model for what we need to combat climate change, and that's a very multidisciplinary approach. And it seems to me that's exactly what you're doing all day, so thanks.
2: Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> it is essentially what we're doing all day and the yeah. last ten months, and and I think uh, you absolutely. Well, your whole right.
3: career, yeah. For the program tonight, um, we'll hear you, right, Hussey, You're one of the performers tonight.
2: Yep, you do I- definitely will.
3: And and Elizabeth, so tell us a little bit about what you've composed for tonight.
1: So the the piece that I compose is for oboe, voice, and electronics, Hmm. and it is about the air quality in Utah, in Salt Lake City. So it follows um, uh, carbon dioxide data. Um, It follows. 20 years of 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 the data uh, was analyzed and was sonified too so the data was converted in sound and i used those uh, sounds to create the electronics i also went on a hike uh, i went to inside peak and continued going up and and I I did some field recordings. So I put the sound of the data and the sound of field recording, I put it together uh, for the electronics. Then the part for the oboe that I wrote is organized, inspired by the the data, the rhythm of the human activities in the valley. Uh, For example, the rush hours, the traffic, and then what happens during the year that creates the inversions in the winter, also because of the the low temperature. So so that is reflected in the piece in a way that it builds up to to more loudness, noise. Uh, so it goes from the spring to the winter. It starts in the in the spring, ends in the winter. That is when the inversions happen. So it start. Uh, sounding cleaner and more relaxing, <laughs> and then <laughs> ends in total chaos.
8: Oh. <laughs>
1: and, and it is all organized by the rhythm of human activities, uh, kind of three parts of the day, in the rush hours in the morning, that is less than the rush hour in the afternoon, that is much more traffic, and then midnight, there is not no traffic. So, um, so that creates a rhythm in the piece of... Um, Kind of two beats and then a silence. Um, so all these patterns. So I'm I'm inspired by by the data to create the rhythm of the piece, the form of the piece, and even the the notes, the pitch content. Um wow. I I use some numbers to translate it into sound, and then uh, with that create scales or create a set of, of pitch that, that those are the sounds that we hear in the piece. And then, uh, for, so for this piece, I collaborated with two atmospheric scientists, John Ling, um, he, he collected the, da- the data. And then Tim Garrett, he uh, analyzed the data. Uh, we had many conversations, he explained it to me. And he, he did the sonifications you think using a software that is called MATLAB. He created, he converted the, the data in sound. And then I organized things together in an artistic way. I organized the sound, made, re, made recordings. And then uh, Julia Corbett, uh, she wrote a text to really give a direct message about the meaning of the piece. So people are aware that this is about air, this is about breathing, and this is about the air that we breathe here in the valley.
3: Wow. Is, yeah, and Julia Corbett is a professor in the communication department. Is this a typical way that you compose, blending, you know, traditional instruments such as oboes with electronic music and, and recordings that you make? Or is this something new and different for you?
1: Um, so Yes, I'm specializing electronic music okay. and also interdisciplinary collaborations. Um, so I, yeah, I blend acoustic instruments with uh, with electronics. I blend that. Um, I can play a little bit an excerpt of of this piece if you want. Yeah,
3: let's hear a clip.
1: Okay. The blanket of gases builds, warms the planet, and the air carries its
6: consequences back to us. Heat waves,
0: hurricane winds,
6: choking smoke, and flying embers. Your air is even more full of consequences if you live in a poor neighborhood next to the freeway, the refinery, and incinerator. By virtue of your skin color and your wallet, your life breath is more contaminated, and your health more harmed. If we could hear this silent buildup, if we could make audible the enormous exhale
1: of emissions
6: created throughout.
3: Oh, I love that.
1: So, I mean, if if people, we hope that people want to um, follow this model and organize events like this um I, we think it is really important to have these conversations in in universities um and have these topics in all classes is sometimes you might be teaching a class that you don't find a space to talk about climate change but um, it is possible um, and we did it we created this project we Empower and motivated this group of students to pursue interdisciplinary collaborations and have their own event, and I think they did it really successfully. So, so bringing like creating uh, events like this, organized events like that, or or use this topic for a concert, or use the topic for for anything that you organize. Not only in universities, also in in schools. If we look at the video mosaic we see how uh, parents talk and have conversations with their kids about this Uh, so we can we can see that model too we can see in a classroom how students give presentations about topics like this or uh, and and what we hope is to inspire people and if they want to to organize something like that um, they're welcome to write and contact us Um, If they, if they want to ask any questions, we're happy to share our experience and help. And if they want to make a video and have it included in the video mosaic um, is welcome too.
3: Thank you to both of you for taking time and thank you for all this work. It is Artivism for Earth with the numeral four, people can Google that, check it out, tune in at seven o'clock. Both of our professors of music from the University of Utah are co-directors of Activism for Earth here at the University of Utah. Professor Elizabeth Corbello, thank you very much for taking time.
1: Thank you for having me.
3: Oh, and come back again the next time you compose another piece. I'd love to talk more about what you do and the mixing of traditional instruments and electronic music. It just warms my heart, um, even though the earth is getting warm, too. Also, Dr. Hassiborup, thank you very much. Also, Professor of Music, you yourself are a performer. Folks can hear you perform tonight. So thank you for taking time. And thank you for your work as co-director of Artivism for Earth.
2: Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure.
0: And that is our show for Earth Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And my thanks to community co-host Nick Burns as well for navigating our experimental Earth Day special, sound clips and collages from Artivism for Earth. As Nick mentioned, it's 7 o'clock. Just moments from now, Expressions of Loss and Hope gets underway online. Check tonight's show notes for a link to it because it will live in perpetuity as they said. Radioactive is a production of Listeners Community Radio of Utah made possible because of listeners like you who showed up for Spring Radiothon last week. And I must say, together we're going to be planting 105 more trees on Saturday, May 8th with our community partner, Tree Utah, and because of your generosity as well, 253 days of meals to students at Guadalupe School. Not too late to make your contribution. You can go online to krcl.org. Tomorrow night on the show, it's Punk Rock Farmer Friday, and Aldine Strychnine will be here. Don't forget, this is Utah debut tonight with a mini doc with him in it. Tomorrow, he's invited wellness farmer Dr. Ben Page. Check that out tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. I'm Laura Jones. Have a great night.
5: KRCL, Salt Lake City.